Testing, test. Okay. So many fucking wires. God damn it, all the wires. Yeah. This is going to be our opener. Great. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am your buddy, H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this, ladies and gents, is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls, and then we talk about it. And we just watched Season 6, Episode 11. Stand by your man. Which aired on December 1st, 1990, and is the one where Blanche dates a jerk in a wheelchair. I never thought you could be a jerk in a wheelchair. I was wondering why you're going Southern. Because you wanted to sing. I was being on brand with Mm -hmm. the episode, you know, because it's Blanche's episode. So this episode is very interesting. Because it involves a jerk in a wheelchair. Yes, because it involves a a jerk in a wheelchair. It also involves one of my favorite lines that I have used throughout my life, ever since I've seen this episode. I've used this in context and out of context on so many levels. We'll get to it, but it's... it's Well, before we even get into the episode, if you Mm -hmm. guys follow us on social media... I posted a series of photos and tweets and Facebook posts yesterday about the fact that Stan surprised me with tickets to go see Betty White White at the El Cerrito uh, Performing Arts Center down by like Anaheim, California. Sunny El Cerrito. Um, It was great because uh, there was like, we were really hungry and we got there and there was like- Disneyland, that's a good place to There was a TGI Fridays there, but there was a Starbucks. We grabbed a quick coffee and then there was like a Petco. So we were able to get our dog some food. It was like, we could have run all of our errands there. What did you eat though? Oh, I had already eaten. Our food schedules were a little off. Um, I cried. Of course you did. I cried. Yes. I cried in the car thinking about really? what it was going to be like to see her. Oh, that's and sweet. And then we got in and we sat down and I started feeling very nervous. And it mm-hmm. was in this theater, not a very big theater. He yeah. got us tickets on the floor. <gasps> so we were like, I don't know, maybe like 30 or 40, maybe 30 seats back. Wow. Um, and it was uh, like sort of a Q&A about her life with, with the Valerie one, the Bertinelli. only Valerie Bertinelli. And... It was a great time, and she even started tearing up. Valerie did? Valerie started tearing up talking about Betty before she brought her out, which, like, of course she did. I don't know. I have Um, have conflicted feelings about Valerie. And Betty came out. She was escorted by a man. And, guys, for you, because we weren't allowed to take photos or record any audio. People Mm. did, but I'm like, I follow the the rules. rules, I would not have. I know. Um, (laughs) But I did write down a lot of things that she said. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to kind of go through my little notebook here. She was only on stage for an hour. It all happened very quickly. It was like, yeah, it was a blur. The blink of an eye. It was a blur. Uh, And then she got up, and when she left, I, because she got standing ovations both when she came in and when she left, and I cried both times. Um, I feel like a lot of people were crying, but she's just so special. She's so oh, yeah. special. Here's, she's here's how I pope. look at... She's our Pope. Here's how I look at Betty White. And I yeah. feel like... Because at this point, she's 95. Like, mm-hmm. of course, everybody in that audience would have loved to have talked to her. Had no. three seconds with her. 
but she's like a fine oil painting yeah. that like if too many people put their fingers on her, the beauty's going to fade. And I feel like she's the type of person who would talk to every single person until she collapsed. You also want to protect could. you want to protect that because she is 95 and to have that many people wanting to touch you, hug you, shake your hand, talk I to mean, you, ask you questions, there's gush, a, it's cry, a lot. It's a right. lot. Whenever I was telling you beforehand, whenever I did anything with TV Land, they would have to um, use a golf cart to move her through crowds because she could not walk through a crowd because she just wouldn't be able to. Oh yeah. And, and, and it's, yeah. And of course, and like I said, she, she thanked everybody for being there. Did she, she like, thank them for being a friend? She didn't. Well, she's not on brand. What, they didn't talk about the golden girls as much as I wanted them to. They breathe. This is my beef with it. Valerie Bertinelli. And I'm going to throw this out into the world. Valerie Bertinelli Good. She's fine. Whatever. Her cooking show, somewhat enjoyable. I like Patricia Heaton's a little bit better. But Valerie Bertinelli is all about who? Valerie Bertinelli. And I'm just saying, Valerie Bertinelli might want to step back and realize you're sitting in the presence of an icon and not necessarily make it about Miss Valerie Bertinelli. That's my two cents. That's my hot take. Okay. All right. I don't want to... I've got so much... Not so much, but I want to... I want to re. Please, I feel like it please, is my read. duty to. But um, do it dramatically and as, as if you're in tears. No. Um, so she talked again, like they, she breezed through her whole life in an hour. It was bonkers. Um, but uh, uh, Betty talked about how she was an only child mm. and um, she got her sense of humor from both of her parents. She said they would sit around their Sunday morning breakfast and just like laugh for three hours at Sunday Aww. morning breakfast, which of course, so, so sweet. Um, she kept making jokes because Valerie was like a little flustered. She had so much like pa- she had so many papers to ask her questions, and um, again, Valerie Bertinelli again. And 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 Betty at one point said, um, "You shouldn't drink before you do these things." <laughs> <laughs> and Valerie Bertinelli was like, "Well, I I mean, I went to your dressing room. You're the one who had a bottle of vodka." And Betty was kind of like, "Yeah, but I'm fine." Um, but here's what I didn't know: when Betty White was first working in TV, mm-hmm. she was doing she would do this like local show kind of like a today show i think but she would do six days a week five and a half hours of live television a day yeah that's incredible well yeah and that was like sort of the start of her career doing five and a half hours of live tv six days a week yeah it's awesome she's sharp she also said she does crossword puzzles so guys yeah that's what keeps your brain sharp betty does crossword puzzles every day but i read a lot that's great yeah that's great um (laughs) She, uh, oh, they talk about passwords. She talked about yeah. her husband, uh, her husband, Alan, and how he had like proposed to her, but mm. she'd already been married twice. And she was like, I don't know if I want to do this again. And then she said one night in the middle of the night, she just suddenly woke up. That's she, a love. That was she a was deep like, love. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, when she talked about him, yeah. her, I mean, she just lit up. She there's lit some up. great, if you guys want to take the time, there's some great sort of game show moments from the 50s and 60s i believe that include the two of them together and it's 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 pretty priceless it's it's yeah every time she talked about him she just uh but she said that she woke up in the middle of the night and suddenly thought to herself like what am i doing i'm i'm crazy like yeah i've been married twice before but like i can't ignore this anymore yeah she basically picked up the phone she dialed his number and just went yes over the phone in the middle of the night oh that's Um, so sweet she used a dial-up yeah um there was a great moment where Valerie asked her, she said, what keeps you young? 
And mm. Betty points off stage and goes, those makeup ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just roared with of laughter. Of course, because you have to. Um, oh, at one point, um, she wanted to stop. And she was like, I know we're having a lot of fun here today. But she's like, I just want to make sure we stop to think of the people in Florida because yeah. of Hurricane Irma right now. Yeah. She starts to tear up a little bit. Valerie hands her a tissue. Mm. Betty dabs her eyes and then puts the tissue in her bra yes. and says there's no better way to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, she was hilarious. Oh, um, so, so in terms of Golden Girls, at the top of the show, yeah. at the top of the event, they played a bunch of clips of just Betty's career. Yeah. The one Golden Girls clip they played. Betty through the years. The one Golden Girls clip they played was the gonna stuff a chicken yeah. and they go down to Mississippi. So that's the one they played up top. Everybody clapped, of course. Yeah. Then when it got into the Golden Girls, they would play a few clips for each part of her life, different shows, whatever. Mm-hmm. The two clips they chose, very interesting. First one they chose was um, when Daisy takes Fernando. Oh, that's a good one. That's a classic. And Rose sits down and goes, get the damn, get back the damn bear. That oh. part. Not when she pushes Not, her. Oh, that's, who was editing that? That was the first one. I don't know. The second clip that they showed is the vignettes episode where from the gonna stuff a chicken, mm. but later when What's Her Nuts, the bride comes back and mm. she was like, the wedding's back on. And remember when Rose pulls all the girls yeah, yeah. aside and she was like, are we going to take the whatever, whatever of this? Okay, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah. That was the second clip they showed. So not a true Golden Girls fan cut those clips. No, I re- I was like, you should have done a St. Olaf story, a yeah. very funny one. And then you should have done the birthday one where mm. she, she cuts the rose off of her cake and does oh. the beautiful monologue for Charlie. Those are the clips I would have chosen. Yeah. I wasn't, the choosing was not up to me. Or, or, or if you want to just go fun, do the one where she pushes Daisy out the door and then do the other one where she does the splits. Those are the two clips you show. Yeah, but it doesn't show her acting. I know, but still, like, if you're wanting to be fun and happy. Sure, they definitely could have showed it. Um, So, uh, let's see. Oh, so here's a great thing. So she has a golden retriever named Pontiac right yeah. now. And <laughs> he was initially training to be a guide dog and it didn't work out. So, so now he's guiding so her. So she took Pontiac in and she said uh, he's a golden retriever who does everything but talk. Well, he talks and I understand him. And then uh, I guess every day when Betty comes home, uh, he takes her over to the ice tray because he wants to help her make a vodka on the rocks. Aww. And she said, you can't disappoint a dog, um, which I thought was really, really cute. Um, uh, Valerie held up a photo of Betty kissing a grizzly bear named Bam Bam on the mouth. <laughs> she said it was a bribe. You um, know, there's something about people, animal people, I consider myself one, that you know that they're like, their intentions are always good. She did talk about her love of animals a lot yeah. and what she's done for like the LA Zoo. And huge. She's huge in the animal world. Yes, she is. And she said uh, she was talking about another species in the zoo uh, that she really liked. The docents, the male docents. Some docents. of the zookeepers. Oh, yeah. And then she winked and everybody I know, I know a, an, an elderly man who is a docent at the LA Zoo. What's a docent? They like give tours and shit. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's, it's volunteering their time. It's for um, a good cause. So another thing she said about she talked about outer space. She's so fascinated mm. by outer space. She said, "I'd go in a heartbeat. I'm a little old for that." Yeah. But not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody asked her where she keeps. Oh, that's another thing. They did a Q and A, but we couldn't ask in person. You had to write it down on a card. Mm. My question I asked was, if you could have slept with any guest star on the Golden Girls, who would it be? George Clooney. 
That's what I would have thought, but yeah. they didn't ask my question. Um, but uh, somebody glasses. asked where she keeps her Oof. awards. She says, I stash them around. And then she explained, like, she's got a few on the dining room, like, cupboard. Yeah. She's got some on her dresser. That's like, cute. it was really cute. She's got plenty of them. Um, somebody asked what she had to eat before she came there. She That's, said, I'm sorry. The person who asked that, go fuck yourself. Okay. That is a dumb question. All right. We're going to get through this. We still have a whole episode <laughs> to talk about, but I appreciate your passion. Um, yeah, it, it was fine. Whatever. Talk about the golden girls. So, um, or Mary Tyler Moore even. I know. I know. I, I told you it was not Mama's family. It was, we could have had, if we could have had three hours with her, but they can't do that. To her. That She's weird show she did with Marie Osmond in the nineties. So about what the dolls. she, what she had to eat was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and ice cream, which God. is amazing. You and then they talked woman. about her diet and all she eats are hot dogs and French fries and diet Coke, which I love. Cause that's like such an old lady's diet. It's like an old lady who's is like, it? I don't give a shit. Yeah. Stan said that his grandmother was the same exact way. He's like literally ice cream, hot dogs, peanut butter and jelly. Um, uh, Valerie asked her, what's one word to describe your, yourself? And she said, um, not, not two, not two words. And then she said, old broad. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, it sounds like Valerie Burton. I'm sorry. I'm I can't bitch on Valerie. No, Burton no, 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 no. This is, let's keep this to be a positive experience. I want everybody to feel really good about all these great things that Betty said. Um, so, Betty had what I thought was sort of a golden takeaway uh, for this event. Um, And so I'm going to use it as like my golden takeaway for the event. Um, uh, Her and Valerie, between the two of them, were kind of explaining how like when someone like comes up to Betty, like or if somebody's complaining in front of her and they go, you know, you know what I hate? She always cuts them off and goes, why don't you tell me something you love? And she said, if you can walk around and sort of like don't focus on the negative things, but focus on the positive things in life, you'll be a much happier person. And the one thing, the the only thing she really said about the Golden Girls was that like B. Arthur used to roll her eyes at that type of positivity yes, that Betty B. brought. Arthur. Um, I'm in B. Arthur's camp on that so, one. So, yeah, so that was great. So that's something that I'm now, like, Stan and I were driving home, and he was, like, complaining about traffic. And I was like, <laughs> but what do you love about the road right now? And I don't think he's, but I'm going to try to do it. He's He and I are B. Arthur people. Um, but it was a wonderful experience, and I'm so, so glad, because you guys all know, if you've listened to the podcast, I have never seen, you've, like, seen all I've of seen the all Golden of them, Girls. Yeah. Except for Estelle Getty. Except for Estelle Getty. Yeah. Um, and I have never, I never saw any of them, just even in mm-hmm. person. I've never met them and so um it was very very sweet for stan to mm. to take me to this knowing that like more than anything i just wanted to see her in person and i'm wow. just so glad that i could and i'm sorry if it was rushed where you have a whole episode to get through but uh you guys if you want you can tweet at me you can send us a facebook message if you yeah. want to know any more about the event or betty or what it was like please feel free to good times i'm a Noodle changed salad. woman yay All oh right. stan thank you stan should he's, we, he's the best. Should we get to a jerk in a wheelchair? Let's get to a jerk I'm in a wheelchair. I'm really eager to talk about a jerk in a wheelchair. Um, yeah. So this episode, it's... I, it shows Blanche's, Rue McClanahan's acting in a way that I think is kind of perfect. Because we've said it before. Like, when, when Rue McClanahan is faced with sort of a slapstick, uncomfortable moment, a, a small, a little person, or a priest, or like anything, and, and she has to put her foot in her mouth, it is... Classic, perfect Blanche. Yes, that's when she has her best acting moments. Um, The thing, too, I like about this episode is that 
It's kind of like Blind Date all over again with yeah. John Quinn. It's Diamond in the Rough. It's Jake. It's something that challenges Blanche's vanity. Mm-hmm. You know, can I date a man that's like kind of blue collar? Can I date a blind man? Can I date a man in a wheelchair? She should have taken that collar. She should have ripped it off and she should have said, I'll let you do anal. You're perfect. She was definitely wondering if his dick works. Yes. That's, I think, was like the number one thing. I think that's an appropriate thing to wonder because if I see someone in a wheelchair and they're very attractive, I'm, I, I think about that. And, yeah. and I think nine times out of ten they do. Yeah. I think I think that was the first thing she I, thought of. I don't know for sure. If you're listening <laughs> and you have this situation, please explain to us. I think she was wondering, does his dick work? Yeah. I think the second thing was, what are people going to think of me in public? And I mm-hmm. think the third thing was... You know, am I going to have to like, am I going to have to get ramps? Am I going to have to can can he go places? (laughs) What's accessible to him and how will that affect me? It's interesting, though, because like growing up with a brother who was disabled and having parents that also have their own disabilities, like, you know, I become very attuned to sort of access to things. Mm -hmm. And I'm very like when I first moved to Chicago. I remember thinking in some situations along the L line that it makes it very difficult for, and then New York is the worst where you, there are people who they literally have to go four stops out of their way just to get to a stop that has an elevator. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's bullshit is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it really pisses me off when people sort of disregard people who are differently abled mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, because there's so many awesome things that they can do. That said, they also can still be assholes. Yeah, they can still be <laughs> jerks. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, Blanche meeting Ted, uh, there's a great, I mean, I feel like it's a line that we've quoted a few times mm-hmm. recently on the podcast where, um, you know, Dorothy recommends since it's Saturday, Blanche doesn't have a date. Dorothy says she could curl up with a good book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Blanche says, uh, I've, I've loved, I've loved books as a child. Do you know what some horrible folks did in my neck of the woods as a youngin? <laughs> and then she gets into the story. Uh, I'm just gonna, I just wrote it down. I'm just gonna do it. They burned books. The townspeople made a big pile of them out in front of the library and they threw a torch on top. Only Big Daddy was outraged. He fought his way through that crowd, clawed his way up to the top of that pile, grabbed that lit torch and turned to the crowd and said, what are you people doing? This is lunacy. You start a fire from the bottom. <laughs> you could have ended the episode there and it I would have really, been like, I'm happy. It really is one of those moments. There are certain quotes oh, that, that, that you just, oh, they're so good. And there's another one in this episode that I love, but we'll talk about Yes, that we'll get there. Yeah. yeah, and you'll do that one because I know you love it. I mean, it's a really simple line. So but. Dorothy and Blanche go to the library where... To the library. Ted, she meets I Ted, love- who's a... Sp- can we back up for agent. a second? I have to confess a love that I, I'm, I'm not very shy about, but I don't feel like a lot of people know. I fucking love libraries. I love turning books in late because when you do and you have to pay a fee, it's like you're giving a little donation to the library. And I encourage everyone to like go to your fucking local library because there's so many awesome that you don't ever have to buy a Kindle book. You can just use the fucking library's Kindle book selection and then get free books all the goddamn time. It's Incredible magazines. I get all my magazines from that. I mean, libraries, guys. I just applaud. Libraries are great. And libraries also, are great. A lot of them have like conference spaces that yes. you can rent out. You can rent yeah. out workspace. It's air conditioned. It's awesome. And occasionally, if you're sitting there, you can see one of the men looking at porn in one of the private computer things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a 
You go, dude. Yeah. Good for you. I see you. Yeah, I, I see you. I appreciate I'm it. I'm glad there's not children around. Um, so Ted <laughs> is a sports agent, and he's reading encyclopedias for, yes. I don't know, just to, like, catch up on things to, like, talk about in social situations. Because the internet didn't exist. I guess. Yeah. yeah maybe he's just, like, looking up some sports statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, the joke from the encyclopedias I thought was probably the most clever joke in this episode in terms yeah. of like a very cleverly written joke where um, uh, Blanche comes over and she checks out the book he's reading and says, oh, you must be a passionate man. Females to fondle. He's like, well, it is the seventh book in the encyclopedia. So I, I don't get that. Because you know how encyclopedias, it, it, it does it um, alphabetically. So it'll say like aardvark to... Busy. So it's female you know to fondle? Females to fondle. So, so F- it's an encyclopedia e- that has, it's like F-E to F-O, basically. But that's how you'd usually see them. It would be like F-E to F-O. But that's funny. That's a funny joke. <laughs> that is funny. I didn't get that. Oh, that's good. That's good. I thought it was great. Um, Ted is played by an actor, Hugh Farrington, who <laughs> didn't really, like, he didn't, he doesn't have a big, like huge acting career. And actually, he's a jerk in a wheelchair. No, the Golden Girls was his <laughs> last credit. He actually passed away in Florida in 2001. But Aww. I think for him, this was probably the biggest yeah. role in his career. Well, good for um, him. A guest star in the Golden Girls in season six. It's great. Um, a lot of exposure. Yeah. And I thought he, he did really well. Um, while at the library, Dorothy is, <laughs> is trying to renew her mother's or finds out that her mother's library card has expired. And she's surprised by that. And then she's kind of showing off for the librarian. And I love how like prideful she is about so the prideful. fact that she and returns I'm the same her books way. on time. I'm, I'm very prideful of my libraries. I'm very passionate and very devoted to my local libraries. There are, certain, there are three local libraries, four, that I absolutely love that I will always advocate for. Um, but so I get her pride. Uh, that said, so she's, she's doing this thing saying how she, she delivers things. And then, and she, the line basically leads up to her sounding like a really boring, boring person. Mm-hmm. And uh, she then just breaks character and goes, who are you to judge me? <laughs> and it's like, and I remember as a kid hearing that line and thinking how funny that was that like, you could be saying something and completely unrelated, but yet you're implying that you're boring or that whatever and to be able to then break character and be like who are you to judge me and it's, it's such a funny break in sentence that mm-hmm. i've used it i've used it on twitter i'm sure i've used it on stage i've used it in so many different things because it's just so fun she does it twice in this episode she does it twice also um i know we're jumping ahead but when she tells the story of the paper bird her delivery i feel like it's like it's almost I feel like, like she's she singing. had like half a volume yeah like she was so relaxed and she yeah. was just like my mother she promised me a pony she brought me a little paper bird on a stick she told me if i'm a good girl god will turn that paper bird into a real one <laughs> and then, and then she's like one day the bird died and rose is like how does a paper bird die Good question. <laughs> Somebody used it to restart the pilot light. It's it's like her voice is so delicate. It really is like I'm like somebody gave her half a volume. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. It's this a, was she's, not Dorothy's she's incredible episode. in this episode. And then though. like later when she's like, anything would be better than a paper bird on a say, ah, she's not here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she's holding that against her mother for her life. For her life. Oh, um, so good. I loved it. And um, then while at the library, Blanche sets up a date with with Jerk in a wheelchair and uh and she then she doesn't know that he's 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 disabled. And then he's he leaves. He wheels himself off. Mm-hmm. And she is 
She's confused. She has she has she has doubts. Mm, yes, for all the reasons that we mentioned. Yeah. Um. So then, would uh, you would you have a doubt if you found out? Let's say like you're let's let's modernize this a little bit, and it's okay, Cupid, and you don't have Stan in your life, mm-hmm. and um, oh, that sounds terrible. Okay, don't not brag. going on okay, Cupid, just not having Stan in my life. Yeah, I just don't love him brag, so much. brag, okay, brag, okay. brag. Um. <laughs> well, you're asking me to picture a scenario. That's frightening. It's but a go hypothetical. On. Okay. Uh, and and you know you meet someone and you find out that they're disabled. What what would your reaction be? Do you think honestly? In terms of like I I don't know that I would necessarily because Blanche gets Blanche almost wants to cancel the date because she's like he should have told me he was disabled but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily I, I wouldn't be upset if somebody didn't tell me yeah. And I like to think that I would continue to get to know them and and not let that be an issue. I think so. I know. I feel I'm very much that way, too. There was one time I had a very similar situation to this, to Blanche's, in a very different way. But very the the, the principally, they're very similar. I went on this date with this incredibly hot man. I mean, we're talking like model level. I was shocked he was even sitting across from me. I like had no... Michael shirtless in the bed with Rose's yes. daughter hot? Okay. Yes. Like we're talking like you are way out of my league, bro. And he then tells me he's HIV positive, which I have no problem with. And but in my in my head I was like, God, you're gorgeous. And but yet somehow it humanized him that he was HIV positive. And it made me like him even a little bit more. Wow. And um and so we were, you know, having the sexual relations uh safe, encourage that both on prep and with condoms. And, um, and, and then afterwards, you know, the sex was okay. It wasn't great. It was a little, it was a little weird. He like, he like hummed on my dick. It was very strange. Um, but, uh, (laughs) but then afterwards he is laying there and he looks almost like model-esque cause he's, 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 it's almost like he's posing in a way, the way he's laying. I would never The even... way that Michael was lying in bed with Rose's sort of, daughter yeah. with his shirt off. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's like Go he's on. trying to stretch his chest out just enough for me to be able to admire him a little bit more. And then he says it's, um, he had a good time and that it was great to hook up with someone normal. And I like thought to myself, wait, what does that mean? Am I normal? I guess that's a compliment. And he's like, yeah, you know, like someone average, someone who like looks like, you know, a regular person. Okay. When he said normal, I thought it was like someone who doesn't freak out because he's HIV positive. Oh, no. No, 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 no. He thought he was this massive prize, which, you know, he's a gorgeous man. And, sure. you know, but yes, he also has, he's HIV positive, which is not a flaw necessarily, sure. but it's also something that you consider when you're having sex with someone. Right, of course. And, and so I literally in my head was like, wait, wait, you have HIV, dude, too. Like, you're just as normal as me. Right. <laughs> like, I kept, I kept having this, like, I'm like a Blanche moment, a jerk in a wheelchair. Yeah. Where I was like, I, I got over that. You're and like, I whoa, was, you're not the Freddie Prince Jr. I'm not the Rachel Lee Cook. We're both Rachel Lee Cook in this. She's yes, all that situation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, so I haven't seen him again. Okay, well, <laughs> he's living his life. Um, so uh, Blanche goes over to Ted's. Yes. For the date and brings Bring Sophia, Sophia as the chaperone because she wants like a buffer. Yeah. Now this is what makes me think that Blanche is her main concern is like maybe getting sexual with him because she wants Sophia there with her. Um. Yeah. Of course he doesn't. She doesn't want him to make any moves on her. Right. Because she's still feeling it. She out. She doesn't know what to do. Um. Yeah. Which do is you- a natural thing. I think. I don't think Blanche is in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. It's sure. a, if 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 you are unfamiliar with that, it's going to be new and uncomfortable. And 
the reason why she has brought Sophia is because the other women didn't want to go and uh Sophia owed her something. Oh yes, yeah. Blanche covered for Sophia when she put a banana in a cop's tailpipe and you okay. wanted to Google what I didn't that know does. that that was that that was bad, but there's this Well, because wouldn't the exhaust like go back? I don't know, the car? but there's this one website called TVtropes.org and it has it exactly banana in the in the tailpipe and it's very funny. It reads You've got someone on your tail. Could be a cop, the local bully. Or a very persistent loan shark. You could try to slow them down by shoving a banana or potato or similar-sized object in the tailpipe or muffler of their car. That way, you could give yourself time to escape and have a good laugh at the victim's expense as their car sputters and churns and fails to go anywhere. If the strip calls for it, the car might even explode. Okay, so now we know how it works with TV tropes. I feel like if you put a banana in a tailpipe... It'll just melt down, wouldn't the it? The exhaust might go back into the car because the mufflers, oh, what the yeah. exhaust comes out of. So you could like poison somebody with But isn't it hot too? So wouldn't the banana just kind of mush up and become rotten and just go away? <laughs> go, just go away. I don't well, know, Well, no, maybe. it would because it, the, the exhaust pushes stuff out. So like if that's But I don't know how forceful it is. But it's a fucking banana. It doesn't weigh four pounds. Right, but if it's if it's around the same if it's like matches the okay. circumference of the tailpipe. This is a very this is an ask I don't think I'm gonna be able to get an answer to, but if there are any mechanics listening, please let us know. Also, I used to hear when I was a teenager that you could pour sugar into somebody's oh, yeah, um, I've heard gas that too. tank yeah. to fuck their car. Also, you can put baloney on their paint on their car. Oh, yeah, and, it, and it'll it, have all it, the uh-huh. spots. Yeah. yeah. We heard the same things in high school. Yes. Um, can we talk about how Ted's butler Andy looks like B. Arthur? A little bit. A little bit. A skinnier, smaller, kind of maleish B. Arthur. You're I, right. He was like walking over the door and I was like, oh, he has the walk. He's he the had same zero height. lines. He had he, zero lines. Had the same hair. Yeah. He had like older, like earlier season B. Arthur hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the bit that they do with Blanche pretending that Sophia's her grandmother. Which technically she could be. Yeah. I was kind of doing like, let's say you have a kid every like 20 years. So if Blanche was 50, her mom could have been 70, which would have made Sophia around 90. Do we buy that? Yeah. I mean, Sophia's what, like 85-ish? Yeah, 80, okay. 86, 87. So literally if Sophia had a kid at like 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Then technically, Blanche could be the granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love her trying to do the southern accent. Picture it, me, prying cousins off with a crowbar left and right. <laughs> we was Poe. We was Poe. Um, and in this scene, here's what I actually, here's what I like about Ted and what Ted does to Blanche. I like is Ted's that money. He's the only guy who's ever made her like... She she almost becomes like a young girl. Mm-hmm. Like she's very vulnerable and giddy and nervous. Yeah. Um, and there's a funny joke where uh, he asks if she's nervous, and she goes, "Nervous me? Wheelchair? Wheelchair. <laughs> Shrimp? Shrimp? Also, he's a priest, isn't he? It was so great. It was so so great. Um." Blanche's earrings in this scene. Oh, I didn't notice them. If you've ever seen the Neverending Story, they look like the, like the oracle that's on the necklace. That that's the one with the dog, Atreyu right? Wears. Neverending Story. Mm. The flying dog. No, <laughs> he's a luck dragon, first of all, <laughs> and his name is Falcor. Uh, so anyway. it's not that. I don't know about this movie. 
Yeah, he's a luck dragon. But yes, he looks like a dog. Is that the movie, The Neverending Story? With yes. the dog that flies. Okay, got it. Yes. I mean, but that's not the crux of the movie. That's all I remember from that no, movie. So that is what I got. It's about preventing the nothing from wiping out their entire like galaxy and shit. And oh, he's got to yell his mom's name into the storm so that the princess girl. Sometimes you got to throw stuff away, throne. start anew. Yeah. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, by the end of the anyway. scene. He does woo Blanche in a way, and Blanche is very... And she has this... It was a beautiful moment where she says, you know, um, at first I was scared and I was a little apprehensive or whatever. I forget the exact language, and she's a little bit nervous. And it's such a beautiful line because it's so honest. Mm -hmm. It's so, like, raw in a way. that Raw in a way we don't usually see Blanche. She's like a giddy teenage girl who's like... I don't know. I wouldn't say giddy. Mm -hmm. I disagree with that. I think she's actually... She's making a very mature woman's decision about the, you know, a man courting a woman Mm -hmm. and she's recognizing that some of sort of the barriers that she had in her mind about what this, this man's abilities um, are, were, were wrong. And, and she's not bad. She's not a bad person for that, but she's, she's evolving. But she also sees that like, Cause I think again, part of her concern was like, Oh, is this going to, is, is this going to be a thing? Yeah. But she comes over, he has a butler. He's rich He's as very fuck. rich. He brings out champagne and caviar. It's never going to be a thing. Which in like the like early nineties, I feel like that was such a thing. It's like, Oh, what screams decadence? It's like, Oh, bring out champagne caviar. and caviar. You've had caviar before? Uh, oh. Yeah, I think so. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> it's gross gross i had it once in new york and i was just like and this was at like a fancy party sonia morgan was there from real housewives I don't franchise know who that is. from real housewives and honestly i had it and i was like this is shit like fancy people only eat it because they feel like they're supposed to eat it mm-hmm. when in reality y'all want some fries i want some fries you're like Tom Hanks when he goes to that big fancy yes, dinner and totally big am. and is just like spits everything out and just I loves hate the fancy baby corn. Food. I'm not a fancy food person at all. So um, Blanche ends up kissing Ted. Oh, it's a very sweet kiss. It is sweet. It's very and sweet. And then Sophia comes out and goes, well, mercy me. Looks like my little Magnolia just turned into a big hoe <laughs> and then dances away. Prances. She like she likes because she's trying to be cute, which I like. I like it. I feel like they taped the rehearsal and that's what it was. <laughs> like she came out because the way she says it is like a little big. Yeah. And then she's got it's she's got like a face on like I'm I'm an animated character. And then she <laughs> says the line and do 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 do. She and does prances. kind of become that towards the end of the series. She becomes this sort of like comical animated type character. Mm-hmm. You know, caricature of herself. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, during all of this, all this, there's the, the B story in this episode is a little like, I don't know, it's cute and all, but I don't know how great it is. It, it, it involves. I mean, it's fine. Rose wants one of Dreyfus's puppies. Yeah, and that's adorable. And I love, I love, we love a Dreyfus moment. And Blanche is dead set against having a dog. Most, I mean, yeah, Blanche is. Most of the women are kind of like, uh, yeah, this is a big responsibility. I was wondering if this corresponded with an empty nest episode where like Dreyfus, Dreyfus, like, Dreyfus's dog knocked oh. another dog up. I had so many logistical questions about this because it's Dreyfus's puppies, yeah, right. And then she, at the end, she has to give it away. Yeah. But I'm like, what about the mother? Doesn't the mother of the dogs have any say? Why couldn't she just give the dog back well, to Harry? In the dog world, they never have any say. It's the owners. Okay, but the, the owners, decision. the owners of the mother, which would be, you know. We don't know who the mother people. is. But yeah, it would be somebody in the empty nest world. Yeah. Also, 
she gives at the end she gives the dog away to an organization called Pets for People that matches pets with old people. Adorable. I thought it would have been really funny if like they had a button at the end where the dog like ends back up at their house because they're like, we heard you were old people in need of some love. There is something <laughs> about animals and like. You know, my mother is a huge, we're very huge animal people in my family. And and the joy that an animal can bring, especially someone disabled or someone older mm-hmm. or someone, it's just, it's immeasurable. It's so perfect. That's why, like, you know, I see sort of like the people who get their dogs, um, like handicap service dog, like whatever, just mm-hmm. just they can bring them into like Whole Foods and shit. I'm a little like... No, because like an old person needs that. You know what I mean? Like it's a companion. It's a it's ugh, whatever. I don't know if it's a great idea for an I guess it depends on how active and mobile the older person is, but I was like, ooh, giving an old person a puppy. That's a lot. That's a lot to do with. And there with. are I feel so like many dogs that are like a little bit older dog. that yeah. need love, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think Chelsea Handler is the per, is the celebrity that's an advocate of adopting older dogs. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. I've also heard from a vet that if you are going to adopt a dog, adopt a dog from a kill shelter. As awful as kill shelters are, they suck. That's a dog that's in more grave danger than a dog at like, you know, your local, your local like bark and bitch, like that cool place that, you know, there's a place on, I think sunset or Fairfax called bark and bitches. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, but in the story, there were some funny lines. Um, I loved when, uh, uh, Blanche tells Rose she shouldn't have a dog, just get a man. And Rose goes, I don't want a man. I just want to come home from work and have someone jump up on my lap and lick my face and fetch a ball when I throw it. Blanche goes, you can get a man to do that. You can. You can. There's this thing called puppy play, and it's like a whole fetish thing. It's true. Is it an app? or oh, No, it's, it's a, a real okay. thing. It's a big thing within the BDSM community. I did a story on it once. There is a picture of me on Instagram. You could fish through of me participating in a puppy play thing with like a mask on and everything but it's like a leather thing they wear these leather masks and they put these like dildos up their butt that look like tails and shit and and they and it's like a dog sort of you know puppy pack sort of mentality but then they also have sex it's very interesting okay i don't subscribe to that at all because i don't like leaving my apartment and i also don't like a lot of gear you know yeah yeah but uh but i applaud them yeah, that's all you, man. That's yeah. I'm not you, but <laughs> other people. Um, there's another funny line that I love when the puppy's been going through all of Blanche's things in her room. Yeah, Rose is like, maybe we should get him some rubber toys. And, Ro- and Blanche is like fucking like peeling carrots or something. And she's like, those do seem to be his preference. <laughs> <laughs> he got her dildo. Oh, it's so good. Um, so let's get back to Ted and Blanche. Yes. yes. Ted, here's what I don't understand about... Ted's like plans with Blanche because she says that he over the phone he told her that he wants to escalate their relationship. He doesn't want her to see anyone else, and yet that's when he a red shows flag up, from the beginning. He's being very aloof because he splits his time between Philly well, we, and we, we Miami. Learn, we learn why. Yeah. Yeah. But but that but I think that's where he does a lot of his like sports management stuff. He's probably manages sense. a yeah. Philly, you know, yeah. a sports team. But there. I mean, it's the I feel Eagles. like it's 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 you know all the signs of like a typical cheater who like wants women to commit to him, wants women to like you know, or anybody, not just women, but like that they want that person to like commit to them, and 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 but yet they can have it all, but that per other person can't. Yeah. And the deception there is a partly what they get off on, yeah. which is bullshit and see a therapist. And like, 
Blanche at this point is just like so into him and she's, she's like, you know, fallen. I thought this was going to be a thing, but like, yeah, like I think, I, I think I, and again, it's that sort of like vulnerable, this tone that she has well, with him. There's a really beautiful, honest moment where he doesn't come out and say he has a wife. Mm-hmm. She basically just says, you got a wife. Well, the way that she says it, cause she's kind of like. Well, uh, let me come with you. Yeah. I, I'll take the cream cheese and whatever. She wants all the Philly stuff. And he's like, I, I can't. I'm sorry. And she's like, there's somebody else. A girlfriend? Yeah. He doesn't say anything. And then that voice drops. You and got we, a wife. And now we're back to Blanche. Yeah. You got a wife? But it wasn't so even I'm comical. Like, it was actually like. No, no, it wasn't. It was, it, was, it was delivered in such a serious way. And then he says something like. You know, he doesn't want to hurt her or whatever. And and she says something like, I start I let myself have feelings for you. And like that, when you like admit the vulnerability of allowing yourself sort of the freedom to feel something for someone else, mm-hmm. like that's a raw fucking yeah. moment. And I get like I even get that way. Like even just this weekend I was I was, you know, dealing with something and I was thinking like I get pissed when I let myself fall for somebody, mm-hmm. even though that's inherently a good thing because it means you have a soul and you're a person. Sure. But also, like, when it doesn't work out in the way you want it to work out necessarily, or even if it does, or if it's a temporary feeling, whatever, this was just a temporary feeling. But, like, it's, it's you know, you get, it, it, it consumes you. You get really emotional about mm-hmm. it. And you're like, why am I letting this new person in my life dictate this, have mm-hmm. this severe reaction to me? Yeah. And it's because... Good people like Blanche and others are vulnerable and honest, and, and admitting that is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she goes. She goes. This, you know, she basically like she says she's not a cheater except for that one time. But the <laughs> paramedics came. Can we talk about this for a like, second? I don't. That was weird to me because that means she said yes to a date right after someone died. No, no, not right after she died. Because what happened was. She's like, Blanche Devereaux, you know, never, you know, take dates another woman's man, except for that one time where, like, because the paramedics wouldn't stop. So, basically, Blanche assumed there was a man. Yeah. His wife was in, <laughs> presumably, some sort of horrible accident. Yeah. While she was being worked on by the paramedics. Yeah. Let's say it happened in the library. She's being worked on by the paramedics. Blanche is making a date with that man, assuming his wife is going to die mm-hmm. while the paramedics are working on her. Mm-hmm. And then he's, so she's like got this date with him. Maybe they're flirting, whatever. Then the paramedics save the woman, <laughs> meaning that Technically, now she's, she's dating a, a married man. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was that situation? Yeah, that's a lot. But she does have this like this value system where she just does not date married men. She doesn't. She said this on other episodes right. too. She will not do that. I also kind of wanted her to push it. Like he's in a wheelchair now. I we know. hate him. I wanted her to push him rude. out the that way that been like very rude. Rose pushed Daisy out that one time. I know. I know. But, I know. But, I know. But then she says she. I forget the setup for the line, but she basically says, "I never knew you could be a jerk in a wheelchair," mm-hmm. um, which is like. A perfect way to sum up exactly who this person is. Yeah. She admitted she got past. She had her own phobias. I think she put a little too much guilt on her because I feel like those feelings are only natural if Mm -hmm. it's new to you. Um, Like if you've never dated someone like that or if you've never experienced someone like that in your life, that's a natural feeling. I think she also assumed that because he was handicapped, he was going to be a good person. Yeah. Like she's like, you know, I felt sorry for you. Like I had feelings for you. It never dawned on me. You could just be a jerk in a wheelchair. And you could even take out the wheelchair there and say like, I let myself have feelings for you. And 
I can't believe you turned out to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. And that's like a, that's a, that's the genuine reaction that she had. Yeah. You know, I love it. And you love the the line that ends oh my the episode. God. Oh my I saw God. you write so it down. She, you did. never write stuff down. I never write things down because I like to do things organically. But um, this was just, it was such a good prayer. So like she closes the door. She walks through the living room and she's like, I, I was waiting for her to scream. I wanted her to scream. Do that famous like, ah! scream, oh, you know, so um, but she didn't. But instead she says, as God is my witness, I will never pick up, uh, pick up another man. She walks a few steps. In a library, walks a few more steps. On a Saturday, walks a few more steps. Unless he's cute, <laughs> and and drives a what did I what it, and, and and drives a car, a nice car. Oh yeah, and drives a nice car. I can't read my own handwriting. And then she glances off and looks back. Amen. And walks off. I love that she walks to her bedroom. Because yeah. my my first instinct would be like, oh, I need to go into the kitchen and tell the women that. Oh, my Ted first is instinct married. is I need to go to the kitchen and eat something. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> it feels like a cheesecake moment. Yeah. So that was the episode. Uh, and that's the episode. You know, it was a really good episode. It was mm-hmm. a really smart, funny, and all and almost like a, a emotionally honest episode. I really liked it. And I there really were enjoyed puppies. it. And there, there were, were puppies. puppies. Oh, when so. Rose was holding that little bingo puppy, I just, he was so cute. He was like pawing at her face. I it just know. made me want to squeeze oh. it. Oh, oh, I'm going to find that puppy play picture and we'll make that this what, week's picture. What's your golden takeaway for this episode? My golden takeaway for this episode is, is, is not serious, but it's, it's more honest. Um, I think that if you are in a dating situation or even not friend situation, whatever, like, I think we should step back from the aesthetics of love and attraction, which are a valuable big thing. You, you want to be attracted to the person you, you're with. But, but, you know, it's not the entire picture. And I think in this digital culture of vanity that we live in, the Instagram, the filters, everything is filtered and there's nothing without a filter. And it's like if we can get past the idea of someone having to have or look or be a certain way in order for them to be worthy of your love and attention, then maybe we can discover that like people are more interesting, can be more dynamic, and frankly, can become a hell of a lot sexier if we just look past the the initial smoke screen that we're getting of these filters that we have in our heads. And, and, and yeah, you're going to get hurt sometimes too. Like the guy could be a jerk in a wheelchair or he could genuinely be a good guy or girl, depending upon what situation you're in. And, and, and so my golden takeaway is to maybe relax and don't rely so much on how people look. That's a great golden takeaway. Thank you. Um, my golden takeaway is uh, we should all watch The NeverEnding Story. Oh, I don't need to watch that. Watch The NeverEnding Story. If you have young <laughs> children, the wolf will be scary if you've never seen it. Just be aware of that. The wolf could be scary to young children. Though I don't know. With today's you know, uh, advancements in, in technology with you know, CGI, it is an animatronic wolf, but it is a scary wolf nonetheless for children. Wow. Okay. It's my golden takeaway. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) The guy that played Atreyu is a, is a tattoo artist now. Oh yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening. You guys, guys, this has been out on the lanai. If you are following along with the episodes uh, that we're watching, the next episode we'll be watching. Grab your tissue box is ebb tides revenge, which is the one with Phil's funeral. You know, we got to do something for that. That's a lot. Oh, God. Yeah. We got to bring... Maybe Elliot can come over. That actually episode... 
Yes, it's it's a good one. It's good. It's a good one. It's it's, a good one. it's very it's very emotionally heavy. Yeah. Um, and you guys can go to outonthelenai.com to learn more about the podcast, look at photos, all sorts of fun stuff. You can also go to outonthelenai.com slash donate if you want to send a donation to the podcast. All costs go toward just keeping up this podcast. Making it go places. And you can do a <laughs> one-time donation or you can set up a monthly donation via Patreon. And yes. if you can't uh, give money to the podcast but you still want to support it you can go to itunes and leave us a nice rate and review that shit matters you got to go do that guys it like really that's does important matter. and tell your friends too. spread this shit yeah tell them tell <laughs> those are your friends and family about the podcast uh and we're on facebook.com slash golden girls podcast on twitter we are at golden girls pod and i'm h allen scott on everything and in fact i wanted to say at the top of the show but i didn't um this weekend was hurricane irma and thank god it wasn't like I mean, there, there's, I think there was like 20 some deaths. Um, there's 20 some in the Caribbean and a few in Florida and, uh, really serious, really, yeah. like really sad. I mean, this, this, the world's falling apart, but it's not because there are good people out there. Um, but I did write a, a fun sort of golden girls hurricane, what, how the golden girls taught us what not to do in the midst of a hurricane, which I think you guys might like for Newsweek. So you can check that out. And I am Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. I'm Squidzy on Instagram. And yeah. I read that Newsweek uh, piece fun, that right? you read about the Golden Girls. It's, it's very short. I mean, it's about the one episode. It's about the monkey show. Yeah, it's about the monkey show episode. Yeah. And it's like, it's a nice, fun, light I love read. that Newsweek let me write literally about one episode of the Golden Girls that involves a hurricane. They understand the importance of the show. <laughs> or they just need those clicks. Maybe. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, remember to stay, stay golden. golden. And buy your... Or man, or woman, or gender, non-binary.